of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupong. Be blessed as you listen. Thank you for today. We thank you for this gathering because it's unto no other name but unto the name of Jesus. For your word says, wherever two or three are gathered in your name, you are there in their midst. Holy Spirit, we ask that you shall take absolute control. As I'm about to speak your word, may I not speak of my own accord. May I speak as you grant me utterance. By virtue of the fact that I'm a blood-born citizen of the kingdom of God, I take authority in the realm of the spirit and I declare a supernatural injunction on any activity of the enemy in this place. We declare this place in the hearts and the minds of the people of God, sanctified and made ready for them to have an encounter with their Father this morning. To glory Father, to glory Son, to glory Holy Spirit, in Jesus' most excellent name have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. If you're excited to be in the house of the Lord, can you put your hands together for the Lord? That clap is like people who have ulcers in their palms. It's only the Christians that are clapping. Hallelujah. You may take your seats. How many of you are excited to be in church this morning? Church is the best place to be. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. And how many of you are ready for the word this morning? Alright. This morning I'll I'll preach a, a brief message. Most of what I want to tell you is the scriptures that will tell you. Hallelujah. Is the scriptures. So when, when we are projecting the scriptures, look at them very well. It's the scriptures that will speak to you. I'll just speak around the, the scriptures that I'm going to give you today. Amen. Yes. So um, my title today is very... I don't know what word to use for it, but it's a very straightforward title. Hallelujah. It's good to be a straightforward preacher. Amen. Yes. So the title of my sermon is The Biblical Portrait of Foolishness. (laughs) Don't get offended. Hallelujah. (laughs) The Biblical Portrait of what? Why? Are you afraid of the the word? Is the Biblical? Okay, there's a a milder way of putting it. Folly, right? So (laughs) the Biblical Portrait of Folly. Hallelujah. But when you say foolishness, it catches more attention than folly. Now, when we say a portrait, what do we mean? Any synonyms to to portrait? Anybody? Can anybody help us? Any other words you can use in place of? Don't whisper. You can you can say it. The English madams and picture all right so the biblical picture of folly or foolishness yes which other word but a painting yes painting all right uh-huh what else description all right what else image yes image so picture painting description image so what i'm coming to do today is to what every, everything I'm coming to say is the Bible that is saying it. It's not me. Hallelujah. So if you see yourself in it, it is the Bible that is saying it, not the preacher. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, don't get angry with the preacher. He's only speaking the word of God. Hallelujah. Yes. Uh, foolishness is a very, very bad thing. We all need to be wise. Hallelujah. 
we've all been foolish before some are still continuing to do foolish things but we are all being transformed into the express image of Christ hallelujah who is full of wisdom amen yeah so today we are going to look at certain things there are certain things you may not have considered as foolishness but the bible says they are an expression of foolishness amen all right the first scripture i want us to look at and for me that is the zenith the peak of foolishness any human being can attain hallelujah as for this one thankfully none of us falls into that category amen if there's anybody who falls into that category come and we'll pray for you now 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 so that you leave that category give me psalm 14 verse 1 psalm 14 verse 1 is the highest form of foolishness anybody can can exhibit any human being with blood running through his veins this is the highest form of foolishness you can ex- exhibit what does the bible say it said the fool let's read it together what the fool has said in his heart there is no god that is the part i'm interested in hallelujah this is the highest form of foolishness any human being can exhibit for you to actually say in your heart and and for some people actually open their mouth to say that there's no god all i'm trying to tell you all, all that the scripture is trying to tell you is that being an atheist is a manifestation of foolishness atheism or atheism or however you put it is a manifestation of foolishness hallelujah you can't be a human being and say there is no god those who believe there is no god actually argue that the world or the earth or life came into existence as a result of an explosion that took place some billions of years ago an explosion and for me that is the height of foolishness and i'll explain to you why there can be no sense in that that an explosion some molecules collided and then suddenly things started forming ended up in planets in human beings who can think and walk and do all sorts of things in the first place what is the opposite of creation destruction all right and these people are trying to tell us that an explosion resulted in creation between creation and destruction which of the two can you associate more with an explosion it's like saying ice was made out of fire it is simply impossible hallelujah if you look at the world you look at the universe and the way the universe functions you don't need anybody to tell you that there's a higher being somewhere who is in control of things amen all these planets rotating in their orbits and not moving out of it can you imagine what will happen if the earth should just shift out of its orbit just like that or the sun changes position some people are going to burn to death while others are going to freeze to death. It must be a mighty hand somewhere that is controlling all of these things. Hallelujah. And we thank God that we believe in this mighty hand. Yeah. 
You, no, you, you can't tell me it was an explosion that caused it. Even normal things that are manufactured. You see, how can you say there is a design without a designer? There is a creation without a creator. It is impossible. I was reading about a certain type of plane. They call it the Airbus is it, uh, 380 or something. And they were giving certain statistics about it. They said to create that airplane, you need to assemble 4 million different components. 4 million different components. And these 4 million different components were manufactured in 1,500 different companies that are spread over 30 different countries. To make one Airbus. And you are trying to tell me that the human being that is made up of a hundred trillion cells, each a chemical factory and whatever on its own, functioning harmoniously and in a well regulated manner with chemicals running in and out at the same time. If the Airbus needed 4 million things to be put together, and you one human being, you need 1 or 100 trillion components to be put together. Even that 4 million one needed designers, it needed creators, it needed people with different levels of understanding and expertise to come together to create it. How much more this super creation called the human being, made up of 100 trillion cells? If you take one cell, we've not even finished studying all the, the red blood cell alone. We haven't finished studying it. When you talk about the blood group systems, most of us just know ABO and then RH. Resus is an outmoded name. Hallelujah. Now we say RH. That's all we know. But as at November 2014, 33 different blood group systems had been discovered on that small red cell. So ABO is not the only one. RH is not the only, only one. We have MNS. We have KEL. We have different, different ones that are used for different things. Forensics and, you know, things like that. Determining paternity. I told you before that when I did a three-month rotation at the blood bank some years back, and I was part of the team that was responsible for doing paternity tests, those days the DNA machine wasn't a popular thing in Ghana here. For three months, we were doing paternity tests because, you see, you can use red cells like blood groups and stuff like that to eliminate people as the fathers of the children. For the entire three months that I did that rotation, I was shocked to discover that not even one of the paternity tests that were done ended up with the father being the one they all thought was the father. Not even one. <laughs> Three whole months, 90 days, not even one. It's like, hey God, what people can do. <laughs> the most interesting one of them all, the, the child was about 15 years old. Most of the time it's toddlers and stuff like that. But this one, the child was about 15 years old. So as a doctor on the team, I was responsible for doing the pre-test counseling and all of that. So I asked the gentleman, ah, why after 15 years? He said, doc, I've always had the feeling that particular one is not mine. He said, oh, and we checked. Oh, it passed the ABO. You see, when you use one system 
and it doesn't prove you move to another this is uh, by the time we were getting even the rh one we all know rhd positive on it but when it comes to the rh there's a d there's big c there's small c there's big e there's small e different systems within one system by the time we got to a certain level we were realizing that somebody has been taking care of somebody's child for 15 good years <laughs> I got a call from Kovoridia Regional Hospital. The doctor was confused. Because a man who is AA, the wife AC, they had a baby who was showing certain signs and symptoms. They did the HB electrophoresis and the baby turned out to be SC. So the doctor was confused. Ask me, what should I tell the people? They know the result. What should I tell them? I say, oh, don't worry. This one is a small matter. We've seen it. Uh, two options. You leave the, it to them to decide which of them it is. One of them, infidelity. Two, a spontaneous gene mutation. <laughs> Throw it to them and leave it to them to decide which one it is and wash your hands off it. <laughs> My boss, Prophet Grabedu, said he was confronted with a similar situation, but in that one, you see, the people have been married for some time and they have four children. So they did a screening for all the children. Same scenario, man AA, woman AC. First born, SC. Second born, AA. Third born, AA. Last born, SC. This one, you can't use spontaneous gene mutation because it is rare enough, but to happen twice in the same family, that is super rare. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm just trying to show you that the human body is so complex that you can't tell me an explosion is responsible for it. You can't tell me an explosion is responsible for it. I discovered recently that on the human tongue, right, just as, as you have uh, thumb printing, you can also have tongue printing. Everybody has a unique pattern on their tongue. Fingerprinting. You also have a tongue print, which is unique to you. Nobody else has it. And I also got to know that females have more taste buds than males. That is why they like the finer things in life. When I go, I say, uh-huh, now I've discovered an answer to a mystery. They have more taste buds. And I believe that is why generally to females are better cooks than males. Because for me, your ability to cook is a direct correlation between how well your... It's a direct reflection of how good your taste buds are. Some people, when they cook, you wonder whether they have taste buds. It's like, are the taste buds working at all? I remember when we were in school. <laughs> there was this place, we at our block, they used to cook some food be there. I don't know whether that person is still there. One of the rooms downstairs... They are given to somebody to be cooking there. And when you eat, therefore you wonder if this person tasted it. If it's beans, they are soft beans and hard ones, like a mixture of everything, you know. It's like concrete, you have cement inside, you have stones inside. A mixture. The human body is amazing. If you stretch your two hands or arms, like this. From tip to tip is approximately your height. When you go back, go and check it. So if you have a patient, you want to measure the height, the patient can't stand. I've given you a paw. Stretch the hands and measure across. It's approximately your height. <laughs> it's approximately your height. 
And did you know that the distance between your wrist here and your elbow here is approximately your foot size? Recently I went to buy, in fact the day I went to buy this shoe, there were a lot of options. And anytime I took one, I'll just put it here. And the people were looking at me as if I was crazy. But I knew something they didn't know. Hallelujah. Because even though the, the, the right size is 45 and you know it's 45, depending on where it is coming from, China size 45, a child can wear it. And it will be fine. So don't assume. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, oh, I'll just take one and put it there. Just take one, put it there, put it there. And they were looking at me. If like, you can't even try it right now. If your socks are not torn, you can remove the <laughs> shoe and tie. You realize that it will fit almost perfectly in there. So there must be a super intelligent being behind all of these things. Hallelujah. It couldn't have been by chance. It couldn't have been by chance. So the greatest form of foolishness, the greatest display of folly, is for somebody to stand and to think that there is no God. But thank God that we are not in that category. Amen. We believe in the God. He is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord our provider, Jehovah Rohi, the Lord our shepherd. He heals us when we are sick. A mighty God who controls the affairs of men. Hallelujah. So the first point, the highest form of foolishness is to say there is no God. Now let's read Proverbs chapter 18 verse 2. Now some of these things you start seeing yourselves in, in them. Amen. And when you see it, you see the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. A sword cuts. So when it cuts, you just accept it that the word is doing its work. Hallelujah. It's not a blunt sword though. Alright, for this one, let's, let's do NLT. Do you have NLT? New Living Translation. It brings the message home nicely. For some of these things. It said, Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their opinions. Hallelujah. They, they don't even want to understand the matter. The opinion they have is what they will keep. Have you seen some people like that before? Are you like that yourself? <laughs> this one is a biblical portrait. There's some people they, they don't want to take other opinions. It's like what they have at the back of their mind, that is it. And some people are quick to have opinions. Sometimes you have some lectures. The first day of meeting, you know, here he decides that you there you don't know anything. I know one like that. He used to skip some people. On the word, when they are asking questions like that, he said, oh, you you don't say anything sensible. He said, they'll just keep you like that. And people have surprised him year in, year out, but he never stopped. It's like a a part of him. He said, fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their opinions. They, They only want to speak their mind. What is in their mind is what they believe is right. They don't want to sit down and analyze the thing. They have mental strongholds. They decided that this is it and that is it. Nothing else can change their mind. Sometimes when it even comes to Christian doctrines, we can behave this way. It's like your mind is steeped on the fact that this is it. You won't open your mind to understanding, to new revelations. I remember the day I I preached here and I, I spoke about the fact that there is a possibility that Adam and Eve were not the first human beings. Some people were looking at me like, what is this heresy this man is preaching? 
But didn't I give you biblical proof of that? If he says, if he, if he commissions two people, he says, replenish the earth. Re means again. Hallelujah. Replen- you can't replenish something that was not there. It's not possible. So, replenish the earth. So there's a possibility that there was something somewhere. Some, and I showed you other scriptures that, that prove that there is a possibility. And for me, that settles the whole issue of carbon dating and, you know, the fossils and stuff like that that they find. You know, they find these things and they carbon date them. And they are billions of years. But if you start from Adam, the earth is only 6,000 years ago. Something doesn't add up. Nobody has been able to prove that the, the methods they use for carbon dating are flawed. They are correct methods. That means there was something that existed before Adam and Eve. And he said, replenish the earth. Hallelujah. But sometimes, you see, we've learned certain things from infancy. So, at the back of our minds, we are not interested in understanding any other thing. What we have at the back of our minds, that is it. But thank God our minds are being opened to understanding. Hallelujah. Alright. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 10, verse 18. So I've given you two so far. The one who believes there's no God and the one who is not open to understanding. is opinionated. Doesn't want to listen to anything. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 18. This one, I don't think you ever thought it would be described. Let's do NLT. NLT. I don't think you ever thought this would be described as a manifestation of foolishness. Hiding hatred makes you a liar. Slandering others makes you what? You know what slandering is? Talking badly about people. We talk badly about people. You never thought that makes you a fool, right? Are you beginning to see yourself? <laughs> Hiding hatred. That means if you hate somebody, show it. If you don't like the person, show it. Don't come and give toothpaste mine. The person leaves and then the face changes immediately. Hiding hatred makes you a liar. Slandering others makes you a fool. Your roommate's friend comes to the room. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Your roommate leaves with the person to go and see the person. Hey, ready. Start describing their shoe and their guarantee and things like that. If you don't like somebody, show it. Hallelujah. It's, it's not everybody you are supposed to like. Amen. The Bible says, as much as possible, live at peace with all men. As much as possible. That means try hard. Now, when it gets to a point where you can't, Stop and leave it to the Holy Ghost. Amen. So if you don't like somebody, let the person know you don't like the person. Don't hide it behind the person's back and be slandering the person and be speaking all sorts of things. Sometimes people do like that. To, uh, uh, people do that to their leaders. Even at the workplace and all that. They don't like the person's style. of the, But because of the small that you chop, when the person comes, they call it from full respect. When you leave, <laughs> talking badly about behind the person's back and all of that the bible says it is a manifestation of what foolishness let's look at proverbs chapter 18 verse 13 proverbs 18 verse 13 proverbs 18 13 so i've given you not believing god the, the, the fact that there is a god what's the second one Not being open to understanding. Being opinionated. And then the third one, 
slandering people, hating people behind their backs. All right. It says, spouting off before listening. That is speaking before listening to the facts is both shameful and what? So you just open your mouth. You don't know the facts. You just say something. And in fact, most people are, are fond of doing that. It's like, you don't wait to analyze things. You just open your mouth. Recently, I was on Facebook and, you know, recently, the, the, the world's biggest church building was dedicated. 100,000 capacity. And I was just looking at people's comments. And honestly, I was both disappointed and enraged. And people were trying to be so self-righteous and like, this money could have been used to open factories. This money could have been given to the poor and this and this and that and that. It's like people were talking. I'm like, you the one who, you've come to Facebook to come and type this thing. Your phone that you used to type it, if you had given it to the poor, would you even have a phone to come and type this in on Facebook? We just open our mouths and say things. And these are people who don't even go to church. Was it your tithe that was used to pay, to, to, to pay for the building? And could have used it to, to build factories that will, will give people employment. You think the 100,000 capacity auditorium just came into being like that? When people employed to build it. And you think it will not take employment of people to maintain a 100,000 capacity building? You see, when you just open your mouth, you don't know the facts. This is what the Bible is saying. It is extremely foolish. Extremely foolish. This is a church that was actually having six services every Sunday. Six services. That means they were way bigger than the capacity of the auditorium that they were using. But see, people who don't have the facts, they'll say foolish things like that. Six services. Do you know what it means to have six services? Six services means you are paying six times the electricity bill. Because all these things, eh? It's electricity, the lights, the fans, everything is electricity. So six, you pay six times. If you can have a big auditorium and meet once and pay one electricity bill, isn't it better? Six services means you possibly must have six different choirs. Or the same choir must minister six times. Or at least two or three times. By the time you get to the third ministration, the anointing now tissue. <laughs> but you see, people who don't have the facts open their mouths and talk by heart. They don't have the facts. When you are going to criticize something, make sure you have investigated the facts well. Six different choirs. Sometimes even for me, one choir is a problem. And the one choir craft faithfulness to the one choir is a problem. How much more demanding that one, that one choir will minister? First service, second service, third service. It's okay, go home. Another set to come. Fourth service, fifth service, sixth service. So if God has given somebody wisdom and the means, not stolen money from anywhere, to build an auditorium that will ensure that you meet once, somebody in his foolishness is saying all sorts of things. But you see, me for, for, for such things, those who are saying these things, they should be prepared to have heart attacks. Because worse ones are coming. Hallelujah. It won't be just dedication of temples again. Churches will begin dedicating cities. Cities. Yeah. Ah, there's a church in Ghana here, which actually has 40,000 acres of land. 
And if you want to know how big 40,000 acres of land is, the whole of Tema is 10,000 acres. One church. So let them start developing. And when they are going to dedicate it, somebody should open his mouth and say foolish things. Ah, won't it be nice to have overflow city? Eh? Overflow city. We have a beautiful church building in there. A top quality school in there. Top quality bank in there. Top quality, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, hospital in there. And you know, and everybody there is born again. When the rapture comes, that city will be empty. That's what we are talking about. 100,000 capacity auditorium and you are making noise. You know the things God has shown people in their rooms. I'm not saying... <laughs> a manifestation of foolishness. You can have a well-run city. Your rubbish will not be there one day more than it's supposed to be. Nowadays, you go and put your rubbish in front of it. They will come and they will do Passover, Passover. Ah, then one day they will decide, oh, they cry, let's have mercy on you. And take your rubbish away. Well-run cities. Well-run cities. So those people, they should continue talking. They, sh- they should continue being in their religious foolishness. And others will continue dreaming big. Hallelujah. But thank God you are part of the big dreamers. Yeah. Oh, this should have, could have been given to the poor. Anyway, let me go on. <laughs> if I decide to stay on this one, I'll talk. Ah. Alright, so let's look at Proverbs chapter 29, verse 20. Proverbs 29, 20. Proverbs 29, 20. Now, listen to this one. There is more hope for a fool. So this one, it means if you fall inside, you are worse than a fool. There is more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks without what? I mean, this one is like below sea level. <laughs> there is more hope for the fool than for you. you. Like you speak without thinking. You don't plan anything. It's like everything is spontaneous. Sometimes with things like even breaking bad news, you have to use your head. Eh, those of you who are medics here. As a nurse, you don't sit behind the desk. Somebody has passed on overnight. Somebody has passed away. The relatives come. By some mistake, they don't greet you. They bypass you at the desk. And they go to the ward during visiting hours. And they realize the person's bed is not there. So now they come back to you. And the Magajia herself is sitting there. You, you saw a whole bee <laughs> and you passed by. You did me pass over. <laughs> and the person comes back to ask you, please, I didn't see my relative's bed. Where is she? Then you open your mouth. She's in the mortuary. You are spoken without thinking. You are worse than a fool. Hallelujah. That's the way you break bad news. You see, for you, the one sitting behind the desk, the person who is gone is a mere mortality statistic. That, that, is, that is how, how, how much you can relate to the person. It's a, it's a statistic for your mortality books. 
for the medical student, it's, it was an interesting case. Oh, I found a nice case. Meanwhile, somebody's cancer, the person is dying. Oh, that nice, beautiful case. Don't worry, we all use that language. It's a nice case. But to the person who has been bereaved, that is a breadwinner gone. That is the embodiment of somebody's hopes and aspirations that has just been taken away. There are some people in your life right now, a lot of things are connected to them. If they should pass away today, you put your hands on your head, my God, I'm finished. Finished. There are some people I'm doing some things with. If one of them should die right now, <laughs> I'll just sit on the ground and just put my head, hands on my head. Hey! <laughs> but for you, the one sitting there, the person is a mere statistic. So you can open your mouth and spew out things like this. You hear somebody is dead. You've not even verified. You put it on social media. R.I.P. You put the person's picture there. And there have been a lot of hoaxes like that. People have been declared dead and they are walking around still alive. So people see them, hey, Charlie, you be ghost. <laughs> like that. So the Bible is saying what? There is more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks without thinking. Even in giving public speeches, you have to prepare your speech. You have to think about what you want to say before you you say it. I always say when you're coming to do a public presentation, 85% should be prepared and just leave about 15% for spontaneity. If you do it the other way around, you'll find yourself having a lot of problems. Look, haven't you gone to give a speech or speak in front of people and you've given a very bad joke before? Very, very inappropriate joke. You know that kind of joke that you are giving, but the middle of the joke, you are expecting people's faces to be broadening and smiling, but people's faces are just contorting and becoming frowned like that. You finish and you are the only one laughing and everybody is looking at you and you want the ground to open for you to enter. It's all because you didn't plan your speech. Hallelujah. Same with preaching. There are times when you preach spontaneously. Now we call it prophetic preaching under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Where you don't even know your next sentence. But that one is once in a while. Hallelujah. Don't think that makes you more spiritual than any other preacher. Prepare your sermon. Know what you are saying. Structure it well. I tell preachers, sometimes even how to present the facts, you need to arrange it nicely. Which points to bring first and which ones to bring last? Just don't go and stand there and just say, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So you are just moving. Same with singing, same with leading worship, same with leading praise and everything. Think through what you are doing before you come and stand here. Hallelujah. The result is always better. At the leaders' meeting last week, I was saying that look, with ministrations, if you have been before God, and God has given you the picture of what he wants you to do, you actually have time to impart it. For example, if it, if it is a song that I want sung, and I've not informed anybody, I don't even know whether those backing me know the song. I just come and sit, stand here, and that is what I feel like singing. It will end up being a solo. And you all know that will be a disaster. <laughs> But if I find out before time, can you sing this song? Can you sing this song? Can you sing this song? If I wanted to sing 
wonderful, merciful Savior today. You all know who I would have called. Who would I have called? Kofi would have sung that song because I know the whole church, he sings that song better than everybody else. Hallelujah. The one we sang today, I gave it to Gideon to learn and be, what do you call it? Conk on it before the fire rally. So I knew. He's supposed to go to work. But I told him, stay and sing the song before you go. If I had called somebody else, it would have been some way. It could, it could have been some way. Hallelujah. So you plan. You plan things. You don't leave everything to spontaneity. Sometimes we think that is spirituality. That, oh, when you plan, that means you are not spiritual. When you don't plan, that is when you are not spiritual. When you are spiritual, you go before God and pray. And if it's fasting, you add, you fast. And it is while you are doing that, that God will give you the blueprint of what you have to do. Then you can impart it to those who help you to achieve it. And the result is always better. Hallelujah. So he's saying someone who speaks without thinking. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 18, verse 6. Proverbs 18, verse 6. Proverbs 18, verse 6. Hmm. Those who just enter into quarrels by heart. Some people, they just love fighting. Fighting is their hobby. <laughs> Wherever there's a fight, you find them. It's like, Charlie, if you want, if you have a fight, you can come and call me. I'll do it for you. He said, fools' words get them into constant quarrels. They are asking for a beating. One of these days, you will meet your match. <laughs> you will meet your match. You will be beaten into pulp. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 11. I told you all of my preaching is from the word of God. The word of God is speaking to you. Allow it to wash your, your folly away. Hallelujah. Proverbs 26, 11. And a dog returns to eat vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. You did something, and you realize that this was a foolish act. And so like a dog, <laughs> you go back and do the same thing. That is foolishness. I was talking to a certain young lady some time back. You made a mistake of going to sleep in a room of a house officer. You fell asleep overnight. You said you were, you were coming back from town and you fell asleep. Not like you were tired. So you decided to pass this place and you went into his room to go and lie on the bed. He's your friend. Okay. You fell asleep. And when you woke up around 1 a.m., you realized this gentleman was all over you, touching you, and he ended up sleeping with you. And you got pregnant. And you went and aborted the baby. I'm talking about a Christian, spirit-filled, tongue-talking. <laughs> so you were foolish once. God had mercy on you. We helped to restore you everything. I meet you another time and you are still looking some way what is the problem you joined a church you went somewhere with one of the young pastors in the church you ended up in his house you said you were tired and you went and slept on his bed and he came and slept with you 
if this is not foolishness, if there was a bigger word than foolishness, we will use it for this particular kind of act. The trauma this lady went through the first time with the pregnancy and all of that. She couldn't even go to church. Like she felt so dirty, so that we had to counsel her and, you know, really bring her back onto her feet. And you make the same mistake. And in talking to her, I realized that these were not even the only two. When she was in Legon, fresher, she went and slept on somebody's bank bed. And that was how she lost her virginity. So you, you are sleeping on people's beds. And you are not learning sense. You have made a mistake, a foolish mistake, and you don't want to learn from it. I pray that that will not be your story. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 16. Proverbs 14, 16. Now listen to this one. Those who are overconfident, this one is for you. The wise are cautious and avoid danger. Let's read the, 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 the subsequent ones together. Go... Fools plunge ahead with reckless confidence. Confiboni. Reckless confidence like Jale, I can do spirit. <laughs> Sometimes when you are being cautious, they think it's cowardice. But caution is wisdom. Hallelujah. You don't just jump into things. You don't just jump into alliances. You don't just jump into relationships. You don't just jump into decisions. It is wise people who take caution. The fools, reckless, like just say, we are bulldozers. As well, nothing can stop us. Hey, we'll break through right now. The Bible is describing it as foolishness. Fools plunge ahead with reckless confidence. Bad confidence. May that not be your story. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 16. Okay, we've read that one. Proverbs twelve fifteen. Proverbs twelve fifteen. It says, Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. So it's like the second point that I made. Opinionated. You think you are the only one that is right. No one else knows anything else. It is a manifestation of foolishness. Now let's come to some of the New Testament manifestations of foolishness. You all know the story of the ten virgins, right? So we don't need to read it. Five wise and five that the Bible describes as foolish. They were all supposed to go and meet the bridegroom. One half had oil. They had extra oil. The other half that the Bible describes as foolish. They didn't have anything at all. Now what made them foolish? What was the... the, the what was the thing that actually made them foolish? Yes, the fact that they didn't have oil, they didn't take oil, was foolish. I mean, you know you need the oil, you didn't take the oil, that is foolishness. But what is more foolish is the fact that when you read the, the, the passage very well, you realize that these people did not have oil. The other five had oil. While those who had oil were sleeping, the five who didn't have oil also were, they were also sleeping. 
that is the higher folly. You see, not having the oil is foolish enough, but you know you don't have oil. And five people who have oil are sleeping, and you too, you are sleeping. That is serious foolishness. And it is very easy for children of God to find themselves in those kind of situations. You know your level academically. You know you, you have to sit and cram for hours before you cross the pass mark. There are people who just take a snapshot of the book with their eyes and that is it. And they are doing distinction things. <laughs> so if those people are clubbing and doing all kinds of things and running around and you know, and you also want to do the same, you are behaving like the five foolish virgins. Some people say they, they don't pray warfare prayers. <laughs> well, there was one man of God who said that. And another man of God told him that, Oh, I understand why you can say that you won't pray warfare prayers and pray against demons. Because you, your grandfather was the one who brought assemblies of God, God to this country. Your ancestors were Christians. They, they were men of God, men filled with the Holy So they have fought all the demons in your family already. But me, when I look back, one generation, I see idol worshippers, I see occultists. Master, leave me <laughs> to do the things that I'm doing. Why? Sometimes when you know where you are coming from and the things that are chasing you, you don't follow those people who don't have those problems. There are some of you, the things that are chasing you, eh? You must be the first to come to church. The 8.30 that you come, you must change it. 7 starts at 7 by 6.55, you should be here. Praying the Spirit. And charging yourself up. When we finish the church, you, can come, you, you should come and see me, Pastor. Can we have a second service? Because the things that are following you are huge things. Oh, you don't behave like those who, for whom everything is, 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 is fine. Some of you, you need to pray more than others. Because 95% of your prayers are financial prayers. That's, 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 somebody said, look, when you are financially okay, your prayers are short. You, you don't need to pray much. Money answered all things. It's, all the things are being answered, like that. school fees answered, marriage answered, wedding answered, car answered, house answered. Said, what are you going to pray for again? You pray for souls. Oh Lord, bring souls into the kingdom. Let the Spirit of God convict them. Let them stop doing evil, my Lord. But those who don't have money, hey, let the heavens be open. Let financial blessings fall. You praise her. Like that. So you, if you are in that category and we say half night, all night, you must shine your shoe and come. Now some people, when they are going to the ATM, eh, they are not sure... What message they are going to receive over there? Others, they know that whatever the case, if they slot, they, they put that thing into it. Ah, money. You are praying that they will say insufficient funds because you, know, you don't even want to keep the last balance in your mind because it makes you sad. It's a source of depression for you. When we say, come and pray for heavens to open, don't be like the foolish virgins and follow those who walk in at any time and say, oh, I want to sleep small. Hallelujah. Just somebody don't be like the foolish virgins. 
Another New Testament one. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12. I'll be finishing very soon. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12. He said, oh, don't worry. We don't dare say that we are wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are. But they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. Give me KJV for this one. Give me KJV for this one. It says, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Are not wise is also a foolish all right it's talking about unnecessary comparisons comparing yourself to others you must be happy with your uniqueness hallelujah that was it is foolishness to compare yourself to other people it's foolishness you see you feel inferior when you compare yourself to other people and most of the time when you are comparing you are looking at the strengths of the people looking at the strengths but you see god is very fair he gave everybody some strength the other day i gave you a scripture from which i derived an equation to show you the the value of the human soul what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his soul for that to be true what shall it profit a man? For there to be profit, it has to be gain minus loss. So if it says, what shall it profit a man? That means in this particular equation, there was, there was no profit at the end of a day. Gain the whole world. Loss. So, if at the end of a day there is no profit, that means the value of the soul is bigger than all the riches in this world put together. That is the equation. For that to be true, it means if you put Bill Gates' wealth, uh, Jeff Bezos, he's the number one now, Mike Zuckerberg, if you come to Africa, add Aliko, Dangote, Oprah Winfrey, all those rich you put all their wealth together, and they even add the whole earth and dash it to you. It is not worth more than you, somebody who was worth dying for by a God himself. You should never think of yourself as inferior to anybody or anything. Why should you feel? Look at your wealth. All the wealth, wealth put together doesn't even reach how much you are worth. And you feel inferior to somebody because the person has an iPhone and you are using techno. You see the foolishness in it? How much you have dropped your value? When you are worth more than Bill Gates, you are worth more than uh, all the rich people put together. And because of the person's iPhone and you have Techno or Infinix. Hey, the Infinix phone in the house, give me away. It's a good phone. <laughs> it's a very good phone. Why? The foolishness is in the fact that you have reduced your wealth to that level, to, to iPhone. Can you compare the wealth of iPhone to all the riches in this world put together? Which you are more valuable than? Why should you feel inferior to somebody because the person has had more education than you? 
Who told you that is the standard for judging somebody's worth? Me, if I had my own way and I was given a chance, school as it is right now, I'll scrap it. I'll scrap it. Because what school does, listen to me, what school does is that you are creating a situation where the fish is being judged according to how high he can climb a tree. How well he can climb a tree. So if the standard for measurement is how well you can climb a tree and you are a fish or which other animal is not good at climbing a tree? Pardon? Hey, ants, they can climb a tree so. Hey, don't joke with ants. Have you heard of that ant called busy on the mango tree? The big black one. When people are doing this kind of, you see, the tree, they call it konongo kaya. You are there, like relationship. You are there with a the lady. You are not allowing other people to come. Meanwhile, you two, you will not propose. Another term for it is Bese on the mango tree. Bese is that big uh, black ant. It is on the mango tree. It will not eat the mango tree. But if you come and climb, it will bite you. And not allow you. So ants can climb trees. Hallelujah. So what I'm trying to say is that if you have a situation where the fish is being judged according to how high you can climb a tree. If you have a, a class where there are fishes in there, there are monkeys in there, of course, the monkey is going to be judged as the better. But if we change the criteria and say we are being judged according to how well you can swim, the same monkey who was on top now will start crying. <laughs> the situation don't change. So the fact that in our educational system as it is it is examination and you know actually i read something that said that even class how we sit orderly and those things and they pick that thing from what do you call it factory workers like classrooms as they are how we we, we manage our educational system it, it actually evolved from the training of factory workers so you are arranged in a certain order and at the end, they measure what you have done by a grade, a letter, grade A. How many of you heard them say grade A rice, grade A this product? This and they used to grade what you've done at the end of a day with a letter or a number. It was the same thing that was brought into the classroom. So if you have a system that is one way in deciding whether you are good or not, it is not fair. The monkeys will always reign. So some of you who have gone very far in education is, is because you are lucky that the system that is being used favors you. If we use some other way of determining. Look, a country like Finland, I hear they've done away with things like homework. They don't do homework. This one will say, yeah, God, I wish my children were in a Finnish school. You will sit and do homework. Uh, sometimes you come, they've copied the thing, you have to clean and recopy. And this is in Finland, no homework. No exams. They say exams brings... Maybe we should talk to the medical school, eh? Nursing school. Let's have exams. <laughs> they say examination breeds competition. But instead of competition, they want to replace it with teamwork. And the educational system is regarded as one of the best in the world. So, if you feel inferior because somebody is 
a monkey and the system judges how well you are doing by your ability to climb a tree and you happen to be a fish you are not being fair to yourself hallelujah the system is not being fair to you and you are also not being fair to yourself we must develop a system where we can see that this is a fish judge him according to his ability to swim this is a monkey judge him according to his ability to climb trees this is a cheetah judge him according to how fast he can run this is an eagle judge him according to how far he can see that is when we have a fair system so don't feel superior that you have three four five degrees and somebody else doesn't the system favored you hallelujah the system favored you unnecessary comparison in your relationship don't compare your relationship with another person's relationship every couple is unique I was telling some people that I'm getting ready to take through marriage counseling. I mean, my marriage counseling sessions will not be six months old. Because the truth is that you will learn on the job. You, you learn on the job. I'm telling you. This plenty talking, and blah, 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 it doesn't do much. Every couple is unique. It's unique. I'll just give you a few pointers, general pointers. But you will learn on the job. What applies to my marriage may, not, may be different because... You see, it's two different personalities involved from your marriage. Two completely different personalities with different upbringings, different spirituality, different everything. I can't give you a blueprint and say you must follow. That blueprint may work for me, but may not work for you. So comparing. Diane and this couple, they, they are always holding hands and they are always saying, that is them. That is them. Don't make the mistake of if you want to suggest something to your partner, you point to another relationship. And even these people. Or you want to suggest something to your wife. And this person's wife even does this. It's one of the worst mistakes you can make. Compare it. And if you want to be happy in your relationship and in your marriage, stop looking at others. Concentrate on yours. I've said it over and over again. Young men, when you're in a relationship, focus. Everybody say focus. When you decide, focus. When you are comparing. Hey, I like long hair. I've seen somebody with longer hair. How will it be if I were with this person and not with the one that I'm with right now? You don't know the package the long hair comes with. Maybe you don't even have discernment to be able to tell whether this is proper hair or it's a Korean's hair or it's a Chinese hair. Now they say Peruvian. Why not Bogatanga or Kumasi? You can't tell. You've not gone close. For you know that long hair has been on for nine months. It's like a pregnancy. <laughs> so focus on what you have and be happy with it. So long as you are looking elsewhere, you see, it is not reality yet. Reality comes with rough edges. You don't know those rough edges. And you are comparing your reality with its rough edges to that ideal situation you are seeing afar. And when you do that, reality doesn't stand a chance. That is when you start getting unhappy. You start getting dissatisfied. I want to break up. I'm not, I feel I can be happier elsewhere. But when you focus, everybody say focus. You realize that you take what you have as it is. Hallelujah. You will never get a perfect human being. You, not, you yourself, are you perfect? You are not. You will never get a perfect person. 
The things you wish you would see in the person, the imperfections, eh, you will see those perfections in other people. When you go and concentrate there, you will be unhappy with this one. But if you concentrate on the perfections in this one and trust God for the imperfections, that is when you begin to enjoy your relationship. Hallelujah. There is no perfect marriage. There is no perfect relationship. Every relationship has its issues. But those that are happy are those that are concentrating and focusing on the positives and enjoying the positives and trusting God for the negatives to get better. That's the difference between a happy couple and an unhappy couple. It's not because there are no issues. It's not because there are no issues. You trust God and pray about the negatives, the rough edges, while you celebrate the good things. You can be there because of comparison. You will never see any good thing in your spouse. You will never see any good thing in your partner. But when you sit and, and, and really concentrate on the strengths, you realize that you are blessed beyond measure. I pray that comparison will leave your system. You'll be happy with what God has given you. Yes. Unnecessary comparison. Even in ministry, working in church, you compare yourself to others. We, when it comes to voices, we are all not the same. I mean, you know, I can't, I can't sing to save my life. I can't sing to save. If, if they say, somebody comes as a gun on my chair, say, sing nicely to save your children's life. <laughs> I, I shall burst into tears because I know that go yes and never go But I can't look down on myself because Pastor Dela or Pastor Gideon can sing better than me. As a pastor, I know that. Have you ever seen him after worship when he comes to take the microphone? And the people are still singing. <laughs> Shall we begin to worship the Lord? Shara bara bara bara. You will never even continue the song for two seconds. It's because he knows himself. <laughs> Me and him, we are from the same breed. <laughs> I think I'm even better than him. <laughs> you know <that>. <laughs> <laughs> But he knows when it comes to prayer. That is his strength. Lift up your right hand. Say, Heavenly Father. Uh-huh. He's moving the whole place into prayer. That is his area. Hallelujah. So you don't compare yourself to others. There's something you can do. Look, there are some people who can arrange this chair straighter than others. Hey, when they come, they can arrange it. Some people arrange it and you wonder whether it's snaky style. <laughs> There is something you can also do better than somebody. Just concentrate on your strengths and stop comparing yourself to other people. Even in ministry, people want to force ministries that they've not been called into onto themselves. Hey, now it is very fashionable to prophesy. So you come and close your eyes. Mm, you are called Abraham. I said, no, I'm called Akosia. And I said, your ministry and your calling is in doubt. Just because you want to do what you have not been called to do. You think the only sign that you are anointed is that when you lay hands on people, they will fall down. You see, we like those things. I mean, hey, Charlie, power, oh, fire. So, when you lay hands on people, then Charlie, push you. You will fall down by force. <laughs> Some people don't take time, they will put their leg behind you. And fall down. And they, you know, the power has come. 
just be content with what God has given to you and build on it. Build on it. There are things that were considered off some time ago. But now, because certain personalities have taken those things and, and, and created a certain brand around them. When we were growing up, eh, when you wear a black shoe with orange socks, people will look at you twice. Colorful socks and those things. <laughs> those days, when they cut your hair low, you cry. You don't want to go to school like Sakura kind of. No, 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 no. But now when people and the head is shining, Charlie, the guy, they form. It's because there were personalities who had those same things and they were confident about it and came out boldly. So you saw the thing and you admired. Hallelujah. Now you are considered a, a fashion conscious man when your, your suit is, is colorful. When you are wearing dark, dark ones, I tell you the mumu name. When you are wearing like yellow suit and <laughs> things like that, yeah, they say you are fashion, you are fashionista. It's because some people took that same thing and they rocked it nicely. Yeah, orange suit. If you give me thousand five hundred dollars, I'll know it. <laughs> I'll know it. It's because people people made something out of those things. You also have something, and you can create a brand out of it. I pray that God will open your eyes to the strengths that you have. And may you develop those strengths until you become the very best in it. Shall we stand to our feet? This morning, we want to pray on the last note that I, I raised. We want to pray that, Lord... The hidden things that you have put in me. Some of you, you, you've not discovered anything yet. The kind of treasures God has laid inside you there. The kind of abilities. The kind of vision. The kind of things God wants to do with your life. The Bible says, I has not seen, ear has not heard. You want to pray today that Lord, stir up every hidden gift. Even the ones that are not hidden, that have been seen. Let them be, be honed. Let them be, 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 be sharpened. Just lift up your voice and begin to pray in the name of Jesus. Just, just lift up your voice begin to pray. Our Lord, open my eyes. Open my eyes. I am concentrating too much on others and their strengths. Concentrating too much on others and their strength. Want to tell God that you want to be wise this time round, not comparing yourself to others. Take your strength, sharpen them, sharpen your abilities, your singing ability, your ability to play instruments, your ability to, to even smile to people for them to feel comforted. Your ability to back in singing. Your level of faithfulness. Your level of consistency. It is a strength that you have. You want to pray that Lord help me. Help me to pay attention to the strength. Let every form of inferiority lead me today. In the name of Jesus. Just lift up your voice. God did not shortchange anybody. He deposited a lot in everyone. He deposited great things in everybody. He said, no good thing will I withhold from you. He says, you will not withhold any good thing from you. All good things are yours. It is up to you to open your eyes and to see the good things that God has placed in your life. Just lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. If you are having issues with comparison, you want to pray that, Lord, help me to concentrate on what you have given me. Let me stop comparing myself to people. Let me be a wise man. 
and stop comparing myself to people. Just lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Lord, let there be a story. Jeremiah was a prophet. The Bible says from the time he was in his mother's womb, God had called him as a prophet. But that gift never manifested. And so the Bible says God stretched out his hand and touched his tongue. Today, may the Lord stretch out his hand and touch you. And activate any hidden gift, any hidden treasure, any hidden ability. May it manifest in the form of new ideas. May it manifest in the, in, in the form of, of great ideas. May it manifest in the form of dreams and visions. Big visions that will bring transformation to this earth. Just lift up your voice and pray. Just lift up your voice and pray. Lord, let there be a stirring. Let there be a stirring of abilities. Let there be a stirring of abilities. Let your people live here today seeing themselves differently from the way they've seen themselves all this time. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this word that has come forth. We pray that this word will be cemented deep down in our spirits. That at the end of a day, we shall be doers of your word and not listeners. We thank you for opening our eyes to the things that you, through your word, refer to as foolishness. But we thank God that we have the spirit of wisdom. We thank God that we are wise. We thank you that we are not repeating the foolish mistakes we have made in the past. And that we are learning from those mistakes and advancing in life. Father, I pray. That those that are struggling with comparison, those that are struggling with inferiority complex, may your Holy Spirit touch them and let them see that which you have deposited in them. Let hidden giftings be stirred up. Let giftings that are already visible be sharpened in the name of Jesus. And I pray that those that don't have self-confidence, may you instill self-confidence in them today in the name of Jesus. And Father, open their eyes to their worth. Open their eyes to who they are in you. Open their eyes to the fact that they can never be and will never be inferior to anybody. Because they are unique in your eyes. And they are a unique creation of yours. I thank you Lord for the impact of the word. To glory Father, to glory Son, to glory Holy Spirit. Jesus most excellent name have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Trust you have been blessed by this message. For information on how you can receive more teachings from the man of God, reach us on 024-873-7250. Stay blessed.